Welcome to The Niffler, the podcast that takes another look at London. Avoid the tourist traps? Absolutely not. Go for them. We'll show you how. Good evening and welcome to episode two of The Niffler, the podcast that takes another look at London, particularly the tourist traps. My name's Maddie Fry and I'm here with my wonderful co-host, Charlotte Domanski. Hi. And Sean Evans. Hello. And... If you want to follow us, know more about us, and catch up on previous episodes, listeners, on Twitter we are at Niffler underscore the, and on Instagram we are at Another Look at London. So please do follow, get in touch, and hear all about what we're doing. For this episode, we will be focusing on Soho, and quite frankly, where to begin, ladies, because our research took us to uh, quite a lot of places and things. For starters, did you know the uh, Café Royal Hotel, or the Hotel Café Royal, I can't remember which way around it is, on Regent Street, was famous for having Oscar Wilde and Bosey, his lover who got him um, locked up in the end, thrown out for being quote-unquote outrageous queens. So, so her being a dead of iniquity runs pretty deep. And in fact, one of my cousins recently moved down to London from Yorkshire and he works in Soho, and he was quite shocked. And I was a bit like, well, Soho, seriously? It's no longer a den of vice. That was 30 years ago, and that's like, oh, people in rural areas don't regularly walk past places with a massive scrotum in the window. So, you know, <laughs> um, you know, there's moments when it hits you that London is a little bit cloistered in its own way. But uh, there's also other fun facts about Soho. Charlotte, the John Snow pub, you had something very interesting to say about that, didn't you? Yeah, so Soho was a epicentre for the cholera outbreak. And John Snow was a doctor and he kind of managed to locate the fact that there was a pattern of cholera breaking out from this particular pump, kind of in the Berwick Street area. So they managed to remove the handles from the pump and because people weren't drinking water from that particular pump, which was infected by sewage, they managed to quell that cholera outbreak. So, yeah, famous for medical students. But would you call, would you call John Snow an epidemiologist? Yes, that's right. That's so. it. So he was the first epidemiologist or the first, first notable one. Yeah. In fact, I think my GCSE... History of medicine seems to be telling me that they found an eel in that pump as well, which, you know, would I would hope tell you even the days before they discovered infectious diseases and their impact that it's probably not a good idea to be drinking the same water as an eel. <laughs> if it hasn't been through a purifier, but, you know, hey, let's thank God we don't live in those times. And also the Johnson Snow pubs are Samuel Smith's, which is a, means they're very cheap, the drinks in there. You can get a pint for, you know, less than a fiver, which in London. I mean, the beer won't always be great quality. <laughs> Do not touch the Alpine lager. I once heard it described as like intercourse on a canoe, fucking close to water, because it's not a very high percentage of beer. But, you know, there's other options. You know, I think they do whiskey there or something like that. So. <laughs> and also, another interesting thing about Soho is, is it Minette Street is named after a family in the Tale of Two Cities, if I'm right? Yeah, Minette Street, uh, leading off Charing Cross Road onto Greek Street, named after Dickens' famous family in Tale of Two Cities. That's very cool, a street actually named after a literary family. And the Seven Noses of Soho. Yes, I discovered this today, but yeah. I didn't know what it was about. Um, but Charlotte sort of filled me in on that. Yeah, so it's a relatively modern thing. So it was basically a kind of a avant-garde art protest in the late 90s by an artist called Rick Buckley. And he was satirising the fact that everything we do is now under the nose of CCTV. So to promote this idea, he stuck a load of plaster noses around Soho and the adjoining areas, and still seven remain today. And he didn't really tell anyone what he was doing, so all these urban legends arose out of it, and the idea being that if you manage to find all seven, then you'll have amazing luck. So go on the hunt. So we'll have to go hunting the noses down. I think this should be a nifty field trip. Via some bars, maybe. <laughs> I, bet, I wonder how many times people have made the joke to of, oh, you know, this art installation was a bit on the nose, you know. But he's had that more times than he finds amusing. <laughs> oh, yeah, another thing about the Jon Snow, wasn't it, that um, that was the pub that was infamous for people getting thrown out because two men were kissing. 
Mm. And the um uh, the owner was like, you can't do that in here. And so was it every Friday they have a kissing? Is that it, Charlotte? Yeah, yeah, certainly for a good many weeks afterwards, after the incident a few years ago, then the gay community would gather and have gay kisses just to say, well, we're, this is Soho, this is our community, and it should be acceptable, it is acceptable. So it was a really good positive protest that came out of that incident. That's very cool. That's yeah. cool. In terms of things to do, I mean, there's just... There's an incredible wealth of things. We thought we'd start with the Soho Theatre, which has a very cool bar, even if you're not seeing a play there, a good place to hang out. Lots of notable names turn up there, including Phoebe Waller-Bridge at one point. Yeah, she was on stage recently there. And it's got kind of all the kind of breakout comedians start there, I think. They do kind of test material. Mm. So it's a great place to see cheap comedy and people who then go on to be massive stars. Yeah, and the ticket prices are pretty reasonable. I saw a play there recently called Chasing Bono, which was was actually written by Dick Clement and Ian Lafrenet. I never know Lafrenet, I never know how to pronounce his surname. Who wrote stuff like The Likely Lads and Porridge and these really iconic comedies? And it's based on a section of a memoir by a music journalist for the Telegraph. And it was about he was at school with the members of U two, and the play was about that. And it was it was nice because then the actors came and mingled in the bar afterwards, which was kind of cool. And I think I've seen Andy Parsons there as well, who's been on stuff like Mock the Week and things like that. Celeb spotting. Celeb spotting. Yeah. <laughs> um, he was actually performing as well, but I think it is a bit of an actor yeah. hangout that one. Mm. I think. Have you seen anything there, Sean? I don't know if I have. Mm. or not for a long time at least but you said that there's possibly another theatre opening up in Soho that you heard yeah I've heard rumours that uh, I think kind of around the Madame Jojo's area there's a new theatre that's going to be opening a very small one that's what I've heard so stay tuned Mm. for more news on that yeah, hopefully in the spring there will be a, yet, yet another theatre in Soho. And while we're on theatres, it's worth mentioning the Palace Theatre, which is notable for hosting The Cursed Child, the Harry Potter play, which will be there for at least the next 20 years, is my prediction. If you're trying to get tickets to that, I wandered along one time at lunch, and just on my break at work, and just asked them if they had any returns, because they get American tourists who are Potter fanatics who've booked like years in advance, and then found they couldn't go. So I got tickets that were like second from the front row just by wandering in and it was two for 20 quid each on different nights. So if you're having no luck with the ballot thing, yeah, whatever they're called. Yeah, £20 lottery. Yeah, 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 then go in and ask, I would say. I mean, I did have a slightly restricted view, but then on the second night I got upgraded because the girl next to me had got an upgrade and she gave me her seat. So that was quite cool. Amazing. In fact, we were doing another episode at some point in the future about the best ways to get theatre tickets, even for shows that seem crazy expensive and inaccessible. So brief shout out to anybody who's not seen The Cursed Child yet. Have you guys seen The Cursed Child? No. no I wish. I wish. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the storyline is a bit hammy, but the stage pyrotechnics are stunning and that's yeah. what everyone sees it for. But it'll be on for a while, I think, so... Hopefully your time will come. Um, <laughs> Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. And then there's also the photographer's gallery. Um, Charlotte, our photographer in residence. Yeah, I love this place. It's kind of a little sneaky side street down off Oxford Street. And it used to be free all the time. But I think recently you actually have to pay admission in the afternoon. But I think if you sneak in in the morning, then it's still free. Yes, I think. And at one point they charged like £3 for their entry or something. So it was yeah. Yeah, it's cool. Mm. They've got lots of big exhibition prizes uh, awarded there. Uh, so if you want to see some really cutting-edge, top-notch photography, it's a great place to hang out. And they do lots of education programmes about different types of photography. And it's, it's off the beaten path, so it's really a great, quiet place to hang out. Yeah, it is cool. And there's also a karaoke box. Sean, do you want to expand on that? Um, yeah, so I think there's a couple of good karaoke bars, if you fancy having a bit of a sing-along in Soho. Uh, My favourite is Karaoke Box. It's not glam, but you can get drinks delivered to the room. That's cool. Which is quite useful to keep fueling the singing. And from last time I went there, I think I remember there's a prop box as well um, in each room where you get like some tambourines and other accessories. That's pretty cool, yeah. yeah. (laughs) 
from what I remember, though, I, it was quite a hazy night. So um, that is the way karaoke should be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's great. It's great fun, and everyone loves a bit of karaoke. Um, and then there's also Lucky Voice, mm. which is quite a well-known London karaoke spot now. I think they do cocktails delivered to the yeah to the do. booths as well. But was it? Did you say the first one was it? Yeah, in, the, in Soho. The original Lucky Voice was in Soho, wasn't it? Um, yeah, that's right. And they've expanded now. I think they're over in Dubai now as well. Oh wow! Because they've definitely got they've got one in Angel and they've got yeah, yeah. dot on that's the one I've been to. Yeah. And then opposite the karaoke box is uh, Ronnie Scott's. Mm. So if you want to carry on your night and have a bit of fun, you can go see some jazz or go to one of the club nights at Ronnie Scott's. Yeah, because I'd gone to Ronnie Scott's once as a student and I remember it being like crazy expensive to get in, but then the, one of my friends somehow talked to the guy on the door down and we paid like £3 each instead of 20 so I'm That's still amazing. not sure how he did that. Yeah, <laughs> but, um, yeah that if you want ago, to go so. to the main venue, it's quite special mm. um, and you can have, you know, the little tables and like candlelight and it's amazing, but yeah, you have to book in advance usually if you want to go see something good. But they do have the upstairs bar and club, which is like just as fun and yeah, they have lots of kind of more kind of crazy parties up in the bar upstairs oh that's cool yeah and yeah. if it goes on till the wee small hours and if you're stuck for somewhere to go in central london or are they just there's too much and you don't know how to narrow down that is a good option and for those who like something a bit different the las vegas arcade <laughs> yeah <laughs> so if it's raining and you want to duck into the nearest cover possible i highly recommend a afternoon wasted away in las vegas arcade it's big trashy neon sign out front it's at the bottom of wardour street and at the top kind of a ground floor level it's all kind of slot machines and kind of desperate souls wasting my money but down, in, <laughs> down in the basement it's really fun they have these japanese arcade games and kind of drumming and great fun things like dance mats and there's lots of japanese and korean kids having great fun it's just a really nice fun atmosphere and it's the sort of thing but if you're a tourist you'd kind of walk past it instantly so great place to spend some pounds. Yeah, uh, Las Vegas, but on a smaller, uh, smaller scale. <laughs> For those who don't really want to go all the way up to Nevada, size. <laughs> Las Vegas. And there's a Soho Square, beautiful little spot, very good place to chill. And the summer gets pretty packed, doesn't it, Sean? You mentioned yeah. that earlier. Yeah. Yeah. And lots of lounging bodies in the summer, mm. especially on Pride. It's the kind of centre focus mm, of the Pride yeah. Festival. Yeah, which is very cool. That's the one time when I would say trying to navigate your way through Soho is probably not a good idea. But if you do get to Soho Square, then it's like a bit of a bit more of an oasis. Bordering that, they have um, the House of St Barnabas, which is a homelessness charity, but also has lots of other offshoots, doesn't it? Like it's now has a private members club, which I think you need to get recommended to be a member there. But if you do, your membership fee goes to support the homelessness charity, and um, they do gigs there and things like that. And Sean, you yeah, I've been to a couple of yeah, I've been to a couple of the gigs there. Not quite sure how it works now, but I think they're just for members. Um, But if you can sneak in, there's a beautiful little chapel out the back where they have acoustic concerts. So something quite special in Mm. the heart of London. Yeah, so try and sneak in. Sneak in or get someone who's a member there to, you know, get you in or something. And for a good cause as well. Absolutely, sneak in for a good cause, listeners. Yeah, and you've got any loose pennies, Mm. then you can drop them down the donation chute. There's a big kind of drainpipe style box attached to it and so you can slot in any loose change you have. Yeah, which is very cool. I didn't know they had that, so that's pretty awesome. And the mention of the little chapel leads us neatly onto St Patrick's Church, which is on Soho Square, or at least is it on the same street as... St Barnabas House that leads on to Soho Square. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's on the square, kind of at right angles to it. And it, they do mass in Spanish. If you're Spanish, Catholic and a bit homesick, then that is the place to go. And there's also 
not far from there is St Anne's Church, which is Church of England, not Catholic, but famous for the Centrepoint homelessness charity was started there. And they have a charity there called Diversity Role Models, which is an anti-homophobia charity, which is cool. And it's been notable for lots of, was it C.S. Lewis hang out there and Agatha Christie and yeah. people like that? So, yeah. So even the churches in Soho are cool. I'm a Christian, I probably shouldn't say that, but you know. Um, <laughs> trying to be subversive there. Um, and now we're on to eating and drinking, and boy, is there a metric fuck ton of stuff. Um, I mean, uh, for starters, if we're at the part of Soho that kind of borders on Shaftesbury Avenue, there is Zadell, which we've all been to Zadell, haven't we? Yeah. So Zadell, how to describe it? So you go on the first level, and there's a little bar, I think that's quite cute. And you walk down this nondescript staircase at the back and boom, there's a giant ballroom, Great Gatsby style, with chandeliers and live jazz and so cool. waiters in penguin suits and it's absolutely amazing. And it's probably one of the cheapest meals you'll get in Soho as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of a three-course meal for what, about £18, £19 or two-course for 12 And the food's amazing, the atmosphere's amazing. <laughs> the visuals of it are incredible. The visual splendour. And they have a really nice cocktail bar next door, mm. which is cool. And then if even if you don't want to venture down to the restaurant, they have like a French brasserie on the first floor, which you can just sit in and have like small plates and things and it's a bit like being in Midnight in Paris you know the Woody Allen film like there's all this French art on the walls the only downside is that they whack on a 15% service charge when you're there which I object to really on principle because I just feel you know London there's already quite a high markup on things anyway I'm not against tipping but 15% is a bit excessive so a mutual friend of mine in Charlotte's one time we went to Zendel's and we basically I think we paid for drinks but we just lived off their free bread we just kept asking for bread because <laughs> they had so much of it and the free bread was warm which was and freshly made which was delicious so how did you stumble across it John? I think I just yeah heard about it from friends as mm. well it's quite a Soho institution I think now it is, and it's, but it's still very much a word of mouth kind of place. Like, yeah. I don't know anybody who found it on TripAdvisor or anything. Like, most yeah. people I know found about it, I've had it from friends or partners That's or whatever. True. So, yeah, it's pretty awesome. And if uh, you're looking for sort of cheap and cheerful, but still very substantial, there's NY Fold, which is the only pizza place in London I've been able to find that does like New York style pizza, like getting a big slice. And the names of the pizzas are all things like Grandma's Pie, and um, like two pieces is enough. Like, even if you've got a big appetite, and it's like two pieces for seven pounds. And if you're thinking, oh, well, I'd like lunch the next day, you can get three. And they used to do huge calzones, they stop those now, sadly. That's great, because, you know, if you just want something quick before you go and see a show, that's on um, Charing Cross Road, so it just sort of borders Soho. And then there is the Princey Bakery, Charlotte. Yes, so this is an overseas branch of Princey from Milan. And it's kind of a late night bakery slash bar done up in marble and glass. It's very lovely to look at with these counters of amazing cakes and pizza. Yeah, so open very late. You can get amazing cocktails as well. And the staff are immaculately dressed in uniforms designed by Armani, apparently, wow. <laughs> down on Wardle Street. So if you're wandering around after being out for a night and want to find something great to eat, I highly recommend it. And if you've also got a bit of a sweet tooth and need a bit of dessert, there's a place called Galupo, Mm. um, which is great for homemade, artisan, natural, all the buzzwords, ice cream. Check that out too. Oh, that's cool. Is it like ice cream made with goat's milk or unicorn's tears or something like that? Yeah. Or is it, yeah. yeah. Mm. All the right ingredients. Yeah. All the right <laughs> ingredients, but delicious. <laughs> oh, that, that sounds so good. I'm going to have to try that. Um, And then there is a, going back to Cheap and Cheerful, there is Tuk Tuk, which Charlotte and I have both frequented, haven't we? <laughs> yeah. Um, Terrible, well, actually, no, it's not terrible. It's pretty good Chinese food, but in fairly big portions. It's definitely not a place to take a parent who's a bit discerning, but very good for if you're trying to prevent or cure a hangover, I think. 
And then there's a balance. Yeah, but they've actually recently done it up. So before, it was kind of a down-in-the-heel 24-hour cafe where all mm. the people in the service industry would go after thinking about it for a cup of tea and like to eat. They've done it up and called it the Balance Cafe Society or Balance Yeah, I've heard about Society. that, yeah. And it's all very fancy now. It's still 24 hours, and they've got another branch down the road now in Covent Garden. Great place. Still th- a great place. I feel like they may even have one in Stratford, Westfield. Oh. Really? Oh, yeah, wow. maybe it has expanded. Yeah. But... I don't know if that's another chain. <laughs> but I mean, it's yeah. a chain start in Soho and you hear about, they try it out, things like Bibin Bap's a great Korean place. Yeah. And Vera chain, it's a great centre focal point for new restaurants. Yeah, and guess Definitely. what? People can test pilot stuff, see if it has a following yeah. and then, then they can branch out, I suppose. And then going back towards the end of Soho that's sort of on the edge of Regent Street and Shaftesbury Avenue, there's Kingly Court, which is... Um, yeah, which is one of my kind of favourite places to head when I haven't booked to go for dinner anywhere but I'm meeting friends and we need somewhere central to meet and Oxford Circus is always kind of like you think yeah let's just meet there Um, but you don't want to be on Oxford Circus because it's just crazy so there's this place called Kingly Court which is just kind of behind Liberties and it's got lots of different restaurants they do change a fair bit so I think like lots of new places come and then they grow and they move somewhere else but there's a whole mix of restaurants in there, so there'll be something for everyone. Yeah, and in fact, I don't think it's there anymore, but there is another branch in Soho that I've just remembered of a restaurant I really like, and it's the other end on Fifth Street, but they used to have a branch on Beak Street called Bistro One, which does every kind of cuisine. It's like vaguely Middle East and French, but they do a load of other things well. And it's like three courses for £15, which is pretty good. That's um, pretty good. The meal's pretty substantial, and they do a really good range of drinks. And the service is super quick. And even on a Friday or a Saturday, I've always been able to get a table there. You don't need to book. And that's you get good. like free bread and olives and things as well. So um, Another good one that's similar is if you're a meat eater, mm. flat iron, um, which mm. does pretty cheap steak. I think it's like 10 to £15 pound for a steak maybe. And delicious. They do free popcorn. So oh, you get sweet. that before your meal. And yeah, it's a great little place. And then there's a few more that have now opened. Um, but it started in Soho. I think I've seen well, branches of, I've walked past branches of Flatiron and other parts. Yeah. Of the city, I think. Yeah, yeah, there's a few popped up now. And that lookingly caught leads us onto Kingly Street, which has got Ain't Nothing But, which for sort of drinks and live music is uh, a sort of classic seminal, really, blues bar. It's like a Soho institution. I mean, at the risk of sounding like a hipster, in my view, it was better 10 years ago, but that might have been just because that was when I started university <laughs> and I'm nostalgic. I think when I first went there, the smoking ban hadn't quite kicked in. <laughs> Um, it's the sort of place where you'd leave with emphysema, but you'd leave happy, you know. So, um, tiny, tiny place. Yeah, like, cramped place, sweaty. Yeah, size of a cupboard, really. Um, size of an airing cupboard. They do live music pretty much every night. And they've had some amazing bands there who are like very big on the blues circuit. They used to have this amazing harmonica player there who like dressed like a sort of 50s teddy boy and was like known as the best blues harp player in the country. A nice name I can't actually remember, but if you Google that, ain't nothing but, he'll come up. And you used to be able to get big jugs of red stripe for something like a tenner, which you could share between four people, which was really cool. But they have they have expanded it, I think, in recent years. So it's not quite cupboard size maybe anymore, but still relatively small. You haven't been there. No, I've walked past it a million times and everyone mm. says, oh, go there, it's the coolest place in Soho. And mm. Not yet. It is cool. Have you yeah. been there? Yeah, I've been there. It's mm. good fun. I don't know if they still have it, but they used to have a light bulb on the wall that was blue and it would light up whenever they hit the limit of the legal sound limit for the area. So <laughs> when the bands would play, which I thought was awesome. Oh, so, that's good. I'll have to check yeah. that out. And on Friday and Saturday nights, they had a one-in-one-out policy. So, yeah. yeah, which 
I don't know if they still do, but I'm assuming they still do. So it's still a Soho institution, I would say. And that leads us on to places to drink and have a good time. There's a couple of very cool heavy metal themed or faux heavy metal places in Soho. And one of them is Garlic and Shops, which again, this one thankfully has not changed in 10 years and was one of my favourite places as a student on Frith Street. It's goth themed, very tongue in cheek. They do food, but it's things like hefty wedges of garlic bread. The toilets are absolutely disgusting, but that's okay. And then in the basement, it's kind of sarcophagus shaped. And you go down there and they have a little coffin sized nook that you can go into. The only drinks they do really are San Miguel by the bottle and they have a million different kinds of shots and one of them is the blood shot which is vodka, chilli and tomato juice and garlic and I love it because it's painful when you swallow it but then the aftertaste is a bit like you've drunk pizza which is really really cool but I, <laughs> I can't often persuade people to partake in it with me so if for the uninitiated it's a bit of a, a dicey kind of choice but they have loads of other kinds of shots and they're all vodka based it's a very very cool place and they have like heavy metal music blaring on the speakers so if you are no any heavy metal fans it's a good place to take them and there's also the crowbar. Yeah, so around the corner on the net street. It's a tiny little place again, but it's very famous amongst the heavy metal community for hosting very loud gigs. And it's kind of the sort of place where you'd be swigging down Jack Daniels and you just can't remember what happened the night before the next day. And their website is hilarious. It says things like, sorry, we're not responsible for any unexplained bruises or broken marriages. It's a night you'll never forget or remember. <laughs> Best of both worlds. Yeah. And just around the corner from there as well is the Royal George. Mm. So it's, a, again, a little pub tucked down the side and it's just right next to where they're developing cross rail. So I think recently they've kind of mm. been a bit... It's a few um, changes. Yeah, absolutely. So they're kind of stuck down an alleyway, but still very popular. And every Wednesday evening they have live ukulele music. So people just come out of the woodwork, turn up with their own ukulele and they'll wander down to the basement looking for toilets and there'll be a hundred people there just singing from songbooks from every walk of life. Oh, that's brilliant. brilliant. The other end of the scale to the heavy metal ones. People <laughs> who are just a bit like, you know, oh, this is too much for me, let's go and watch some ukulele. You know? yeah. Do you get any people, what do you do in George Formby? You know, sort of a, when I'm cleaning windows or something. Probably, it's all that, that kind of kettle stuff. Yeah, it's great. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, we're going to have to check out that one. And um, at the more upmarket end of the scale, there is the Blind Pig cocktail bar. Sean, do you want to expand on that? Yeah, the Blind Pig is one of my... Um, favourite places in Soho and actually one of my favourite cocktail places in London I think it's this great fancy place above um, Social Eating House which is also a really good recommended restaurant for if you want to go somewhere for a treat the Blind Pig upstairs though does this amazing cocktail which is a I think they call it alphabet or abacus or something childlike and it essentially tastes of skittles and it's delicious. And it has a little letter on the top in the foam. So yeah, highly recommended. And then um, there's a couple more places in Soho that I thought I'd skip through. And one of them is Bar Termini, which is a really nice little Italian, I suppose it's a bar, but in the day it's open and you can get one pound espressos. So it's like typical Italian, like quick stop off and one pound espressos. I mean, you can't get that anywhere else in London that I know of. Yeah, yeah, wow. And it's That's really good quality coffee as well. And not then just it, the dregs of the beans. Yeah, no, water, it's yeah. like a really proper place. But it's very small, the whole bar. It's probably only 10 or 15 seats or something. Um, so you either have to book or you have to queue or sneak in however you can really and then in the evening they do amazing negronis and oh, uh, yeah. espresso martinis and i think Next they can the i think they can also just do whatever you want mm. it's that kind of place i'm always mildly suspicious of a bartender that can't do a negroni if it's not on the menu <laughs> yes. it's like, but, it's like yeah. come on that's quite it's quite simple ingredients mm. but yeah no they do a really good negroni 
And then um, if you're looking to waste some time whilst you're waiting to get in there, across the road, you can hop right over and there's a place called Swift. So you can maybe get a Swift cocktail there. Mm. <laughs> and that is one where they terrible. have a cocktail that unfortunately sounds a bit like scrofula, but it's not called scrofula. So yeah, you know, stay away we from my cake. We were trying to pronounce yeah. it earlier <laughs> and I think Italians were turning in their graves. I think it's scrapino, mm. which is an absolutely delicious drink, which is Prosecco with a dollop of lemon sorbet in it. And they even oh. serve it with a spoon. So it's oh, just heavenly. I might have to book a room with it if I got one. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone else leave. So <laughs> that's Bar Termini, uh, Swift Bar and Blind Pig. So my... cocktails, there are plenty of options. Oh, and um, so many more. Oh, yeah, yeah. Scraping the surface here, I think. We are indeed. And um, for the Francophiles out there, there is the French house, which Charlotte has understand it was half pint lager. Yes, yeah, so they're so French. They only serve their lager in half pints, apart from on April Fool's Day where Suggs from Madness apparently appears out of nowhere and serves the first pint of the day. <laughs> so it's this weird Soho tradition. But it's also where Francis Bacon used to drink. And there's a great book about his life. And it talks about all the drinking dens in Soho called Francis Bacon in My Blood by his friend Michael Peckett. So I really highly recommend that. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Fantastic. Yeah, so we have, uh, we've covered just a bit of what the, uh, the great sort of um, eating and drinking establishments are in Soho. There's also, oh, very briefly, they're called The Coach and Horses on um, Dean Street. It looks like a sort of traditional standard English pub, but they have like a full vegan menu and they do really nice cream teas. Downstairs it's a bar, but the top it's a restaurant and also really like chintzy, cutesy cream tea places like doilies and picture plates and things. It's a little bit surreal, but it's very nice. That sounds brilliant. Uh, yeah, it's um, diagonally across the road from St Anne's Church. And uh, in terms of if you are just wandering through Soho wanting to buy certain things, my go-to place for Christmas presents is Jerry's Liquor Store, which sells... I am only slightly exaggerating everything under the sun whether you want wine whiskey rum whatever your poison really and if you're buying stuff for someone who really loves making cocktails just really loves their whiskey really loves their gin they have everything there and the staff are super friendly and whatever you ask about they know they are like the gurus of everything that's ever been fermented or distilled they also have when you go in it's not a particularly big space for customers but at the back behind the till it is like kind of the sorcerer's cave or like something out of harry potter there's just rows and rows and rows of stuff and on the top shelves they have things like bottles of tequila with scorpions enshrined in them i don't think you can buy those and my brother did bring one of those back from spain once it's such cool stuff like that and slightly weird and macabre and i think for christmas i got my dad a bottle of peaky blinders rum that i just saw it in the window and i was going past i was like he likes peaky blinders so do i and let's have this rum because it has peaky blinders <laughs> on the label so um, maybe a bit gimmicky but it worked for me even if you don't buy anything just to go and chat to the owners is kind of delightful because they're just so enthusiastic about what they do so yeah, yeah. i think they're all family members oh really from in my family and it's sort of place where you say i'd like something with banana in it mm. put them, like a hundred bottles in front of you yeah 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 you're really not short and choice are you and up the road from that is the algerian coffee store yeah so it's still on old compton street and if you you're a coffee lover this is the place we go they have every variety and type of coffee and you have every particular way you want um the smell in there is amazing so if you're a coffee oh. lover the place for gifts I have mm. not been in that one I yet. have not been there either, and I think I need to go. Yes, yeah, I think we do. Again, again, we need to do a Niffler field trip to Soho, I think. you know The things we do for you listeners, you know, on your <laughs> behalf, you know, the sacrifices we make. Have we covered the full remit of what Soho has to offer? Well, I mean, <laughs> we've probably just about scratched the surface. Yeah, indeed. Oh, yeah, and brief tidbit is um, Edgar Wright is currently filming something in Soho? Uh, yeah, so he's making a new film called Last Night in Soho. He's, uh, I think he's been based there as a writer before, but now it's actually going to be set there as well. 
Um, which is which is very it cool. Should be quite fun. Yeah, and it's more the, things to come out of Soho soon. Yeah. Indeed, like the, the Cornetto trilogy, people it was their stomping ground, wasn't it? Soho. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I think it's kind of a bit of a hub for filmmakers. You've got all the animation houses there and all the film companies, so it's a very creative area. Also, I'm very aware that given what Soho is famous for, we haven't actually touched on the sex shops, but you know, I feel compelled to say in one of the ones that I can't remember what it was called, but it was very near Algerian coffee shop and Jerry's, there's a sex shop that I did manage to get a decent vibrator for one of our friends, who shall remain nameless to preserve what's left of her dignity. Um, <laughs> she wanted one for a Christmas present. I went in there and asked them advice, and they were very candid and open about it, and that was really helpful. So, um, <laughs> like, um, Shout out to that one. Shout out to <laughs> one of, yeah, it's one of the many, many sex shops in Soho, but it's um, the one that's at the end of Old Compton Street. Long may they reign. So I think we have touched a bit on... The, uh, the hidden gems of this particularly uh, quite wonderful part of London. And uh, yes, okay, some say it's a tourist trap, but there is a lot there that is worth doing. So we hope we have inspired you, dear listeners. And um, I think in the next episode we'll be looking at King's Cross, is that the plan? King's Cross or Covent Garden? One of those two, I think. Yeah. Yeah. TBC. Uh, TBC indeed. And thank you for listening. And once again, if you want to get in touch, our social media handles are Twitter is at Nifla underscore the. And at Instagram we are at Another Look at London please to get in touch for any recommendations or if you just liked what you had to hear. In the meantime, it is goodbye from me, goodbye from Charlotte. Bye. And goodbye from Sean. Bye.